What's going on, everybody? This is LWE, another LWE podcast here, and uh, I'm super excited about this particular podcast. Uh, get a chance to interview one of my good friends and a guy who I have a lot of respect for, and one of my local Abbeville uh, fellow citizens and uh, lover of all things that is sports, especially football, Mr. Benji Greason. Benji, what's going on, man? Man, thanks so much for having me on the podcast, man. Uh, this is uh, this is fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you, you're my first big celebrity, so uh, <laughs> so so no pressure here at all. You are really reaching. Well, now. I mean, I'm trying to get listeners, man. I'm trying to get listeners. I'm trying to get ratings. I'm trying to get noticed. I'm trying Spotify to get me a little push. There you know, you whatever I can do. So I got to go big or go home. Well, if, if if I do that, you let me know how I can do it for myself. Sure, <laughs> sure. Well, this is a process for of learning for everybody. Yeah. Um, but no, I just wanted to, I really wanted to take time to get to talk to you. I mean, me and you talk pretty regular most weeks, especially during the sports season. Uh, and a lot of folks are familiar with you and your work in the radio world here in Abbeville and with WZLA. But uh, I kind of want to give people just a little bit of a, a quick uh, background on you. You were born and raised in Abbeville, am I correct? Correct. Abbeville Hospital. I'm, a, I'm an OG. You're the OG. <laughs> You you were so important that you couldn't be taking twelve miles. You had to go. Didn't go to Greenwood. Nope, nope. Right here in Abbeville. (laughs) And uh, you grew up, and you were like a lot of people that I've grown up with. You were you were all things Abbeville. So, uh, what are some of your fondest memories uh, growing up here in in little small town Abbeville? Man, you know, uh, I guess I played a lot of baseball when I was a kid, and uh, you know, growing up through the the rec league ranks here. had some great guys, great coaches that uh, kind of helped mold us there. Um, I think about uh, Asa Griffin. I mean, legend. Yes, uh, he was my little league coach. I played for the Tigers in, in little league. Um, I played with some guys uh, when I was younger that you, uh, you you look back on now and you're like, man, those little league teams were stacked. I mean, really? I, we played with uh, Casey Stone was our shortstop. Well, there you go. Uh, you know, An- uh, Antonio Crawford uh, mm. was, was on the team. He was, uh, he was amazing. Um, now what year did you graduate from Abbeville? I graduated 98. Oh, so you were right there amongst yep. all of the guys. Yes. My, you were in my junior year was the, was the 96 team mm. and everybody, uh, or the football team, you know, that everybody uh, points at is maybe uh, arguably one of the best ever. But, you know, man, just played a lot of sports, a lot of backyard basketball. Um, I remember going up to Southside Baptist Church and your dad holding basketball mm-hmm. uh, camps during mm-hmm. the year or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'd go up there and they'd have drills and shoot rounds and stuff. Yeah. And my parents would take me up there on a Saturday morning. Uh, I used to, I mean, back in the day, I, I mean, I'm, I just turned 40 this year, but. I'm going to sound a lot older when I say this, maybe, but we'd hop on the bicycles, you know, on the weekends or whatever, or during the summer when there wasn't no school, and we'd ride them over to the Dixie Youth Field, and there'd be pickup games of baseball going on, you know, and there'd be 15 bicycles laid out in Mm -hmm. front of the thing, and kids just out there, you know, playing uh, playing ball, and you'd have enough to uh, have a, a team or two out there, and um, you know, then ride the bike over to the rough house, grab a hot dog. Yeah. In typical small town, Abbeville, you know, uh, kid here. So I, uh, uh, I feel like I'm blessed to grow up here yeah. and, and I do. I love this community. Try to give back when I can and, um, you know, uh, do love sports. Cut my teeth at Height Stadium right there with everybody. I remember, gosh, I was probably nine, nine or 10 years old. 
and that was, I think, the 89 season where we went over, right? Yeah. And we were absolutely, I remember being in that stadium and getting just pounded by somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, there were several of those. That and year. we scored a touchdown in the game, and I mean, I almost cried. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy cow, we, we actually scored, you know? Yeah, they were few and far between. And then, uh, and, and then you know, you watch the progression and then uh, getting to be part of some of those teams uh, coming up through high school and all that, uh, you know, was, is, is a blessing. I, I feel like, I really do feel like I'm blessed to, to have been uh, born and raised here and, and part of the community. So, yeah, um, a lot of great, uh, a lot of great teams, a lot of great guys, a lot of good people from here. You know? Well, you, you got to admit, I mean, I, I had the opportunity. I was a sophomore in 1991. So being in school, winning the state championship of any sport, but specifically football, yeah, was just, that made the whole year. Yeah, it I mean, was pandemonium. They, the, the, those two <laughs> weeks of upper state and state mm-hmm. were like two of the best weeks ever at school. Yeah. I mean, because we learned nothing. Nothing. We, we gained no access to, to common sense education. Everything <laughs> right. was just about... Okay, when are we running the halls again? Exactly. When are we getting the flag? When yeah. are we doing all this stuff? And I just think about, I talk to some of these younger guys now that have just gone through this experience of winning four in a row. I mean, can you imagine being there four years in a row and winning state championships? And not to mention now, you, you've had state championships in other sports too yeah. during those years. So winning multiple championships. I mean, just winning one was was awesome. Yeah. Thought we were going to have another one in 1994 with the baseball team. They were really, really good that yeah. year. Um, so you, you've grown up in Abbeville, you, you know, everything that is Abbeville. You remember all of the golden days, the Scotchman, the cruising routes, <laughs> yes. uh, you remember all the good stuff. Um, a lot of people would think that you've been doing radio for quite a long time and been in the radio business for quite a long time, but you, you kind of, you kind of, I don't want to say you took the back door in the radio land, but you, you kind of didn't, that wasn't on the uh, doorstep of dreams there, was it? Well, not originally, um, Actually, in high school, I answered an ad in the Press and Banner. Uh, shout out to Henry Green. And uh, it was for an internship at the AM station here, WABV. Yeah. And that building is still it's still on air, but uh, uh, there's nothing live going on there right now. But anyway, the WABV, it's uh, AM 1590. Um, I answered an ad for an internship out there in my junior, yeah, my junior year of high school. And uh, I, don't, I really... Really not even sure why I did that. You yeah. know, I'm just like, oh, that'd be pretty neat. You know, <laughs> let me go check this out. You know, sure. Little job in radio, see, see how it works. A guy named Ralph Verastro had bought the station, and he was the uh, he was the director of, of music at the University of Georgia. Okay. Now, how he found it, I don't know. I'm not, I, don't, I don't remember how all that worked out, but Ralph and his daughter Jennifer Verastro, they, they came over from Athens. Kind of got this little little revival of the station there that had right. you know been pretty much sitting dormant for a while, and uh, they kind of taught me the ones and twos, and you know Lee, once radio kind of gets in your blood, man, it's hard to shake. It is, yeah. <clears throat> Years pass or whatever, and um, you know, uh, like a lot of people from Abbeville, uh, the railroad seems like a really nice uh, you know career, and it is, you mm-hmm. know, a different lifestyle, mm-hmm. but uh, seems like a nice career. So. I, I got in, uh, got into the railroad. I was 23 when I hired out on the railroad. And while I was out there, um, years later, I ended up getting married, uh, had two daughters, and was missing everything. You know, I mean, birthdays, anniversaries, 
my kids walking. I mean, everything. Yeah. I was on the train all the time. And uh, just wasn't happy. Wasn't satisfied. And um, during that time, uh, so I worked on the railroad from, from when I was 23, uh, from 2003 to 2014. And during that time, uh, 2012, 13, 14, there was a, uh, a show up here called the, uh, at the time, it was the Norris Auction Bubba and Honk Evening Drive Sports Show. Yeah, it was a long title. <laughs> it was a long title. Hard to get out on the t-shirt. <laughs> right. And um, so Bobby Hamby and uh, and Keith Hall were the uh, were the hosts of that. And um, uh, I think it was on Thursday nights. Mm-hmm. And, and so anyway, I would uh, I'd listen in and I'd call in, you know, and, sure. and give my uh, give my take on certain things. And one thing led to another. And I, th- I think uh, I think Keith had uh, tripped over his cat and fallen down the steps or something. He tore his leg up, mm-hmm. knee up or something. And then they asked me if I would uh, come and, and fill in for him. Yeah. You know, if I was free. And I did that a few times. And man, it's just, uh, it's like one thing led to another. Um, the railroad ended up uh, furloughing and different things. And anyway, I, I, I wasn't uh, happy out there. So I pursued a job here and Shelly Reed, one of the owners here, he owned the Rough House at the time, asked me if I'd ever thought about doing a morning show and I was like, nope, never crossed my mind really, yeah. Yeah, you know. So he kind of gave me the idea and uh, just took off and here we are. Um, uh, about 1,500 broadcasts of just the morning show later. Mm-hmm. Um, we started it in September of 2014 and uh, you know, so six years and fifteen hundred broadcasts later, and man, it's been a, a blessing and a godsend. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's wild to think about where we started and and where we are now. We went from I think my mom and my wife might have listened to the first uh, few episodes. That was probably it. And then uh, you know, now we're in just about because of the apps and yeah. internet, we're in just you know, just about every state in the country, and. Uh, and uh, it's just it's crazy to watch how it's grown and all the different doors that it's opened yeah. along the way. You guys, um, you know, obviously sports has been has been your heart and passion. But um, when you guys got the opportunity to start the Southern Fried Morning Show, um, was it just you and Amy first, or was it you by yourself? It was just me by myself. You by yourself, mm-hmm. and then when did Amy come along? Amy Botts was my first uh, like full time co host. I was probably two or three months in, mm-hmm. but you know, and uh, when I decided, yo, I need somebody <laughs> to yeah. bounce stuff off of, and you know that I have a good rapport with. And Amy actually uh, asked me. Of course, she heard that I was doing the show and asked if she could come in and talk about the uh, a ministry that they were doing with uh, with Grace. Mm-hmm. It was bags of blessings. Yeah, and uh, she and her sister Mary Ann. Had uh, had been heavily involved, and I'm, I think maybe Mary may have started that. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did. so anyway, they what they do is they get food and they bag it up and they take it to the school because they learned that a lot of school kids the only time they eat is when they're at school. school. Yeah. And uh, so they started passing out these food and stuff. Anyway, she wanted to come in talk about that, and we had such a good time, you know, and, and had an outreach. People was like, man, she's really good, you know, on yeah. air and all that. So. Amy was my first co-host, and she was on the show with us for probably two and a half, three years, maybe. And then um, she uh, went to school to pursue uh, Mm -hmm. nursing and and all that after that. So uh, she didn't have time for the show anymore. And uh, my sister, Lacey, 
who is currently my co-host. She she came on um, during the time that Amy was was working her way out. So it was pretty pretty uh, seamless transition there. And Lacey does a great job, mm-hmm. and uh, and man, we just uh, plug away every morning. Yeah, you guys. Uh, I know you and Amy had a really good rapport with each other. You had good chemistry, um, and the show is unique in a lot of ways because it. I call it kind of a hybrid radio show because it's part talk, yeah, but you get your music in, yeah, um, and it comes in certain you know certain forms during the course of two hours, which yeah. two hours flies by. Yeah, it does. People don't realize two hours on radio when you get into doing the actual show of things. Yeah. It just it's not a lot a lot of time. Right. So you guys put out a lot of content, started putting out a lot of content in the span of two hours. And then you guys were able to start getting, you know, a lot of local country talent, mm-hmm. just music talent in general. And started opening some doors for a lot of guys and girls who are now out there really like well, I guess not now specifically with the times that we're living in with the kind of a halt and traveling and touring and stuff, yeah. but Initially, you guys got a lot of people some recognition and some platform mm-hmm. uh, that otherwise might have been just kind of floating around. Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the cool things about the morning show is you know, I'm just like everybody else. I'll scroll Facebook, you'll see somebody playing and singing, and you're yeah. like, "Man, they're good." Yeah, they're like good, good. Let me reach out and see. You know, what are they doing? Is this just something they want to do, or are they do they have plans to go out and play in places, or you know? found a lot of people not that I have discovered them or anything like that but I've, I've, I've run across a lot of people that way Clay Page being one of them yeah you know found him on Facebook uh, one day and he's turned out to be a great friend and man, he's doing huge things uh, there's a lot of people out there we've had uh, had Ashlyn Craft on you know yeah. on the show before and she's of course was big in the show The Voice and Thanks uh, before the coronavirus uh, shut well, you, everything down. She's on a world tour with Morgan Wallen right yeah. now. I mean, it's it's incredible. Well, and, and it's been a wide range of spectrum. I mean, you have the legendary Little Roy Lewis on several times. <laughs> Often. And, and, uh, and he does. Yeah. He, he he could do a show by himself, and you just sit there. So I right, Little Roy talk, and oh. he probably could talk for two hours without interruption. I love when Little Roy comes on the show because... I don't have to do. You anything. don't have to do nothing. Yeah, it's it's like a concert wherever he goes. <laughs> hey everybody, here's Little Roy. Boom, 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 Well, hi there, Benji. <laughs> and uh, but you but you have done that. You yeah. have been able to give a lot of artists a lot of you know talent otherwise that maybe wouldn't have been noted uh, a platform and a connection. And you guys have been out and about in the community. You've been. I don't know how many remotes you guys have done. You guys have done a ton, um, but you guys have really been a part of a lot of people getting going and. Uh, definitely an opportunity for any artist, any musician to get the word out there. I know even with, you know, some of the local churches and stuff, there's been some groups. I know I had a group come through and they, they were able to come in and I know we had a big response from them yeah. from being on here. So, um, you sounds and Amy, of mobile, right? Yeah, yeah. sounds of mobile. Yeah. And, uh, you and Amy did such a good job, but really I don't think you could have found anybody else to slide into that spot like Lacey because <laughs> yeah. number one, she's your sister. Yeah. So you know each other pretty doggone well, but yeah. But just her and Amy are best buds, and they're pretty much a lot alike. Yep. So you really didn't miss a beat yep. at all with having her come in. And so um, the show has just done great, and it's uh, gotten a lot of treadway. And I always appreciate you giving me a call and 
uh, let me help out with you. Sometimes I always enjoy it. We get into we get into cra- we get into what I call me and you conversations, that, <laughs> right. stuff that probably only me and you get excited about. <laughs> yeah. So those ratings numbers are probably really low when I'm on here, but um, I enjoy talking with you and, and doing the show because it just, like I said, it's unique. Uh, yeah. It's it's a good hybrid of, of 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 what good radio is about. It's it's good talk, random conversations. The days that we're living in now, current conversations. You just yeah. just today you had uh as this podcast is being recorded, you had some great information shared about COVID nineteen with some of our local uh, healthcare officials. So, yeah. I mean, it's a wide range of stuff that comes across this show. It's not mm-hmm. just another little radio show. It just it has a big platform. So, kudos to you guys for what you guys have done. Well, thank you, man. I, I try to I try to have something for everybody, you know, and and even if country or classic country isn't your cup of tea there's i still want to have something or a reason for you to be able to tune in right you know and whether we're talking about uh you know pop culture or something you know that's relevant in the news right now if uh you know lady gaga does yeah. something great you know yeah we, we we touch on that we hit up sports all the you know uh the hot tv shows just just whatever it's a hodgepodge of everything and uh you know, when I started this, I was like, I do not want this to be or to sound like your typical big market corporate radio station radio show. Sure. You know, 619 AM, here's Bruno Mars. You know, yeah. I don't want that. And I would hope that when, when people do come in and, uh, and we get to interview them and hang out with them, just like you and I do, man, I, if we were at my house sitting on the back patio. Yeah. It'd be the same thing. Sure. You know, turn the mics on. This is exactly, right. you know, what we would be doing if we were, you know, sitting on my front porch or, you know, whatever. And that's that's the feel that I, I wanted to have. And I hope that that translates into radio. And, and I've had people tell me before, it was like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous coming in. You know, I'm not, I don't get nervous. Sure. Going on air now, you do something 1,500 times, you, you, you're you used to it, right? Yeah. The people that, that, that do come in, they sometimes they are nervous. And usually by the end of it, they're like, you know, we really were. We were just sitting there talking. You know, I didn't think about the however many thousand or whatever people right. were listening out there. So, you know, I, I, that's kind of what I want to portray. I want to, you know, want to be uh, good to the community. This this always been so good to me. And, uh, and put good information, entertaining stuff out there. Great music. Great local talent. Because there's so much talent around here. Sure. And, of course, sports. Because... It's who I am, right? You know? uh, I love music and I love sports, so it's natural. Why not? Sure. <laughs> you know. Well, I think that's the biggest thing too, especially for a small town, small community. And I say that because this radio station reaches out pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a good listening audience range uh, from from Greenwood all the way down to Saluda, uh, up to Clinton, mm-hmm. even. Um, I don't know the exact. Boundaries, it's it's pretty much anywhere in the Lakelands, yeah. You can find it until tune in. Um, and I think you know, this was a station that was predominantly an oldies station, which I love oldies music, yeah, and still love oldies music. But I thought it was really cool that when you guys went to the classic country format, I thought that was a welcome addition, which a lot of people, especially around here, um, really love. They love the classic country, they love the I, you know, and it, I say classic. I mean, now 90s country is classic country. Yeah. It's different music than what today's country music is, yeah. really is. But you do give enough of the day just to keep it kind of fresh and relative. Mm-hmm. But man, I love tuning in and get 
Kenny Rogers, right. Statler Brothers, right. uh, Old Reba, any, anything like that. It's just a good variety. And then we'll hit uh, you with some Garth Brooks and some Brooks and Dunn or something absolutely. like that too, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's been times when I've been up here sitting with you and it's just like the mix of the certain <laughs> songs that hit at the certain times. I was like, oh yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> so um, that's been a really cool thing. Now you guys, obviously with the success of the show, it give you a really good platform to kind of uh, to get out there and, like you said, give back to the community, pour back in the community, help other people, help businesses, uh, just anything and everything. Um, so talk to me a little bit about getting into the sports side of things because, um, you know, Abbeville athletics as a whole is something that I think anybody who's out there right now listening who's in Abbeville now has played some kind of sports of some sort right. or they have children that are playing sports. It's it's been a big part, you know, of Abbeville's history and community. So I remember when the football started being aired on the on the radio here back when I started in 90s, it was a, such a big deal because it's like, oh wow, we got we got a sport yeah. on the radio. And even though it was we were still a small FM station at the time, mm-hmm. relatively speaking, still a big deal. So now, you know, fast forward, here we are, and you guys have been really able to be a part of um, an anchor of, of what's going on on the field, and it's really made it's really made everything you guys done a lot easier. Um, it's a lot easier to sell ads and to get oh, businesses yeah. connected when you have a winning mm-hmm. consistent program yeah. and this last decade alone uh the most celebrated excellent decade of Abbeville football history right but even athletics i mean we're talking like you know you had state title in basketball state title in softball mm-hmm. um the baseball team has always been competitive yeah. always won state last year districts yeah. and stuff like that um so much talent and stuff. So, talk to me a little bit about how you kind of got uh, into the into the booth with Abbeville's broadcast. So, um, when I started in in, in radio, um, well, actually, my first broadcasts actually m- myself and Bobby Hamby. Um, we well in the Abbeville booth because y'all did McCormick, right, right? That's where I was headed. In the Abbeville booth was Wayne Stevenson and Keith Hall. Mm-hmm. And, um, unfortunately Keith, uh, fell ill and, and passed away, uh, a few years ago. Um, and, uh, so, so Keith or Hulk, as everybody knows him, uh, he, he was the, the voice of Abbeville baseball for years and years and years. And then he was the color guy with, um, with Wayne Stevenson, who's still doing uh, the play by play for football. So anyway, Bobby Hamby and I, uh, when I, when I got into radio full time, you know, here it is, football season, and it's like, let's. Is there anybody around that doesn't have a, a broadcast team? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's a it's a side gig. Sure. You know, it's an, it's a it's another it's another hustle. You know, you sell ads, you, you go out, you follow the team, you keep them. It's a lot of work, you know, involved with it. A lot of time consuming. So, um, Bobby's uh, wife Stephanie was actually a teacher at McCormick High School at the time, and they did not have any sort of broadcasts for anything. And we pitched the, I actually met at the subway in McCormick with their athletic director. Um, um, and, uh, and, and we met with her and kind of pitched the idea to her. Look, this is what we want to do, how we want to do it. And it was an internet only broadcast. It wasn't a, uh, we didn't go through the radio station. So we went, our very first game was at Ware Shoals. 
and uh, they they put us up in the box there, and it was the PA guy in one side, Gene, and us in the other side. <laughs> and where we were stationed, you know, by no fault of them, the uh, the the PA speakers for the whole stadium was basically sitting right beside my left yeah. ear, yeah. and it was loud and for me to do the play-by-play for the game i basically was screaming the whole game (laughs) and we did it through an ipad basically you know went into this website had another website and all this and that and that bobby handled all that part and uh and so anyway we broadcasted in the games they're they're still online you can go back and listen to them but yeah we followed mccormick for uh for three years We, we would do that and um and then uh Keith passed away, and uh, and the radio station here. I was doing the morning show then mm-hmm. at the time. You know, they asked if I would want to uh, to fill in there. So we we did, and that was four years ago mm-hmm. now, five years. Yep. Time flies, man. Yes. You know, it's hard to yes. it's hard to think back and pinpoint the uh, uh, the exact season that I started. But yeah, it's. Uh, it flies, and it's been a blessing. And then Bobby, uh, he is, is a full-time statistician now for, yeah. the, for the football team for Abbeville. And we picked up the baseball broadcasts as well. Mm-hmm. So I do that. Bobby, uh, he keeps all the stats for that and everything and does the color commentary for baseball. So it's a uh, it can be... It can be a grind sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like on a on a typical Friday now during football season, I'm at the radio station at 5:15 a.m. I'm usually at home long enough to, especially if it's a road game, long enough to change, get a bite to eat, and then yeah. hit the road, and then back home by midnight or later. Yeah. So you're looking at a 20 hour day. Yeah. Most Fridays during football season, but. You know, you gotta love it. Sure. <laughs> you gotta love it to do that, and I do. I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world, man. And seen some great games, seen some great uh, uh, athletes, and uh, and Wayne is, is is first class. He's 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 been great to work. He's taught me a lot, 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 and uh, you know, hopefully, prayerfully, please God, <laughs> let us have a football sure. season this year. Yeah, I think that. Uh, you know, with this uh, COVID thing going on right now, man, football could be the thing to really, really pull this country together. Yeah. And I'm talking about from the rec league level all the way to the NFL. I think people are hungry for something to be passionate about yeah. right now. Because if you're a sports guy, there ain't a whole lot going on. Well, I think it's going to be a, a tremendous challenge, too, because of the fact of there's so many logistics to go with football on every level, but specifically with with college and pro football, I would think that high school athletics would be able to probably have a slight advantage in a, in a sense. But the problem, the main issue you're going to have is how do you go forward with, you know there's going to be new kind of regulations and with stadiums and stuff and how – you know, football's in the fall, goes in the winter. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you got all your other yeah. sicknesses and stuff. There's still so many unknowns. Yeah. It's really hard to predict anything at all. And you don't really know. You don't really know what the best avenue is because there are a lot of high schools that their football revenue runs every athletic. Everything. Every athletic event, every sport yeah. that's going. 
And so that you could see a chance where they're, I know even at the college level, they're talking about having to cut back some sports because of the budget and things that are necessary and traveling and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And and again, when the company reopens, not to get on the COVID-19, you know, platform here, but when the company does reopen, it's not going to reopen on the same levels everywhere. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a lot of logistics. I think it's going to battle, but I think you're right. I think football can be a real big catalyst to kind of, getting everybody uh, something to, to go off of. And I hope I hope we've been, we're able to do that. Uh, obviously, if you're not in school, you can't play. So right. it really depends on that part of it. Um, but I want to uh, talk a little bit real quickly. I, I, there's so much to me and you can talk about as far as the history of Abbeville football, uh, just Abbeville athletics in general. And so we'll probably do another podcast at some time where we'll just, just do Abbeville football because I know some people have asked about that and, I always get asked questions. I know you get asked questions a thousand times over. I ask you questions sometimes. You ask me questions. I mean, there's always questions to be asked. Um, But I just really want to kind of touch on what this last decade, some of the things that you've been able, like myself and so many others, have been able to see with Abbeville football, what, what has transpired. And it's just you can't count how many schools on a hand have had that much success in a decade just just right. in a span of 10 years yeah. the kind of success that Abbeville's had and I think first of all you gotta attribute it to two guys in my opinion and that's uh, Tad DeBose his athletic director who's now the new head coach over at Emerald High School and Jamie Nichols mm-hmm. those two guys I know as far as what me and you do as far as our social media and yeah. getting the word out and PR whatever you want to call it uh, but without their support and their help mm-hmm. um that's where it starts for me. Um, and obviously, we have some great coaches. Coach Mark Smith, he's been there. Yeah. He's seen it all. Yeah. And still going. And still going strong. Um, but, you know, Coach Nichols, Coach DeBose, I know for you, I can speak for me, but not speaking for you, I know they have been a big support of what you try to do as far as with the broadcast. Right. But with the website, just mm-hmm. keeping people informed, it's been such a big plus. Yeah. They are very gracious with first their time um because i'm always over at the athletic building recording uh whether it's player interviews or you know the 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 jamie nichols coaches show um we record that every week and uh, then play it on friday nights and do a player of the game play uh every week and you know they'll they know the players class schedules and all better than you know their parents do i mean honestly they know where they are I mean, they're on top of everything yeah. out there, and uh, and they they're very gracious with uh, you know allowing um, access to the to the program. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's not it's not that way everywhere. A lot of people are very closed off and tight lipped and think you're you know gonna I don't know see a formation written on a on a chalkboard somewhere or yeah. something. You know, there's there's just not a lot of access to a lot of programs. So uh, I, I do credit. Uh, Coach uh, Coach Nichols and Coach Debose for for allowing you know me to come over there and, and, and do my media duties. Uh, and, and another thing that we've tried to do or that I want to do is these kids work so hard, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are constantly either in the weight room on the practice field. Football's different now than when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in high school, you you went to summer practice, beat each other to death for about a month, and then you started playing. And then when you was done, yeah, you'd hit up the weight room and all, but it's different now. It's it's 
12 months out of the year. There's weight training. There's all these camps. You got spring practice and all this kind of stuff. You got uh, uh, seven-on-sevens, you know, the mm-hmm. FCA seven-on-seven that you have a big part of here uh, every year. Uh, it has turned into a, a great thing. So it's just different. The, the, the kids are all involved now. So anyway, there's a lot to keep up with. Yeah. So what I like to do or what I wanted to do whenever we started doing the Abbeville broadcasts or when I became a part of it, I just wanted to shot, shed or, or, or the most positive light that I could on these kids. Try to give them as much recognition for all the work that they put in. Yeah. You know? And um, so atownpanthers.com uh, was born. Coach uh, DeBose. He, uh, he's, he had all that set up uh, before uh, I came on board, but he, then he asked me if I would uh, you know write articles and, and post them there. So we've been doing that for a few years now. And um, like I said, just the interviews, all the coaches, I've got to interview them all. And uh, we do a coach's spotlight every year. Um, um, coach Nick, Coach Smith, Coach Temple, uh, Coach uh, Wayne Botts, uh, Eddie Ford, all those guys, yeah. you know, they're just more than willing to come in and, and let me uh, uh, interview them for a little while and kind of get their take on different stuff. And, you know, all the kids, when when, you, when I got into radio, you don't realize that, well, six years now, the, you know, the kids that are, you know, 18 years old or that are seniors in high school, they've known about the radio station or or me or Lacey or whomever since they were you know 10 11 12 years old now so it's been what we do and how we do in the football broadcast it's almost woven into their lives it's like a normal thing for them now you know it's kind of what they expect so uh we've tried to work really hard to keep a keep a good positive wheel going and, and really you know get these kids you know and another thing that's this different way different now than, than when I was in school was in social media yeah you know you used to have to mail a VHS tape and sure. hope that it got to Danny Ford's office and that somebody would see it that was Twitter you know you got Huddle, Huddle. yeah you got all these other X and O apps and all this stuff you upload it to Twitter and there it is for the world to see and the yeah. kids are their biggest promoters they are they can get their stuff out quicker they can and so when those kids post that kind of stuff you know I I try to sure. you know help you know give them a share give them a retweet or yeah. you know post their stats on sure. articles and stuff like that if I can I can help a kid come from Abbeville and you know go somewhere and play college football or even just get them in college yeah. you know to uh to get a good uh, an education and maybe just you know really set them up for a good life, you know, because you're um, you're you're a kid, and that's why I try to tell my kids you're a kid for a very short time. Yeah. I mean, you're you're a child, child for yeah. 10, 12 years, and then after that, you got your entire life to be an adult. Yeah, you know, and um, you know how you set yourself up in those younger mm-hmm. years is really going to dictate where you're path is mm-hmm. uh for the rest of your life so man if we can if we can shed a little light and uh and make these kids you know realize uh the the, the whole world's in front of them and get them in college and maybe they can set themselves up with a, with a good job and, and have a nice life for themselves and this is where it starts starts yeah. in high school you know well you know the website's done a great job one thing i like the way you do it is that 
um, you you highlight everything positive. <laughs> um, sometimes people may think, well, surely something bad to talk about. Well, we let the coaches talk about the bad yeah, stuff because that's what they're that's job. what they're doing. That's what they're doing. <laughs> we're we're focusing on the things that we see and the things that we can see firsthand live because yeah. we don't have the benefit necessarily to go back and watch every replay of everything. Right. Sometimes you can, but. Um, you know, you, you you talk about the offensive line, and you talk about special teams. You talk about individuals, and you let people know um, who who who's made the most tackles, who's who's making a difference, who who you've seen strides in. So to me, it's it's kind of helped, and what I believe has helped create Abbeville Panther football as a brand because you cannot go many places when it comes to football time, football season, even just for example, you and I we are at Clemson a lot during the course of the year. You go to Clemson and you can't talk about football without hearing somebody talking about Abbeville football. Right. It is a big time brand, yeah. whether people want it to be or not, mm-hmm. whether anybody wants to argue it or not. You can't argue the stats, you can't argue the titles, you can't argue the success, and you can't argue the notoriety that they have gotten. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Coach Nichols has gone there and spoke at Dabo's clinics. I know he's gone down to Columbia and spoke down at uh, Carolina's, you know, clinics and stuff. Yeah. Um, the exposure for for two A school of this size has transcended a lot and it's also been able to help open the doors to getting you know looks at other sports and other players as they do other things um but i think what the website does definitely it definitely gives a great you you give a great review perspective at the beginning of the week kind of you know giving everything what happened during that last game and then you tie it up with kind of the preview thing and then uh you know we have a big follow on our Twitter page, on our Facebook yeah. page, so it it's out there. And yeah. it's it's a brand. And regardless of what happens going forward, which I think we still got some great years to come, um, you know, a lot a lot of success for what Coach Nichols has done and obviously Coach DeBose, and we certainly wish him the best uh, the best as he goes and starts in Emerald uh here this coming season. Um Last thing I want to talk to you about, and then we'll we'll probably have to do do a to be continued because we got so much more we can talk about, <laughs> and I think we're just gonna maybe maybe we'll get a, a full just Abbeville football only kind of podcast together sometime where we can really kind of talk things. But I look over here and, you, and me and you talked about some notes about players, some players that just stick out in your mind that you've thought about over the years, uh, not only in covering Abbeville football on the radio, but just watching Abbeville football like myself at all the games we've been at. Um, who are some of the players that have, have stood out to you over the years that that always when you when you think Abbeville football and somebody says, Tell me some players, mm-hmm. who are some guys that jump out to you? Well, first and foremost, it's because it was I guess my formative years. Lemon Evans was the yeah. was the first guy that He was kind of the first name guy that got um to the next level in this in this month, I remember when Irvin Bryson was a running back, and yeah. Irvin got a lot of a lot of looks. I remember Danny Ford came to Hyde Stadium mm-hmm. one night to watch Irvin play. Yeah, um, I'm old enough to remember that. Sad to say, but I, I, <laughs> I'm that old. Um, but Leamont was a different kind of a of a, of a freakish athlete mm-hmm. because he played both. A lot of those guys play both ways. Yeah. You know, now it's you know you got guys play both ways, but I mean, you talking about nine or ten guys playing both ways, right? And he was a he was a free safety and a running back, yeah. and the free safety part was not a surprise. Mm-hmm. He was freakishly athletic, but being a running back, right? Looking at a guy who's like six two, yeah, six three maybe, yeah, and coming coming at you in that wishbone, <clears throat> he was just freakishly good. 
And his name pops out to me first because at uh, well, when he graduated in 91, or 92. You know, yeah. The 91 season was his senior season. That's I'm yeah. right saying that. He had his best statistical year his junior year in 90, but then yeah. senior year he was really looked at because of secondary. Right. But he was still such a contributor running the football. So I was... 10, 11, 12 years old yeah. at that time, you know, and uh, so he's a giant, then. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he was he was he was bigger than life. Try walking uh, to high school halls with him, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then he, uh, of course, goes to Clemson, which I have been, you know, a Clemson fan since I mean, they brought me home from the hospital in a Clemson, <laughs> you draped an arm, you're right, I was. So, uh, uh, you know, and then for my hometown hero, I guess you could say, to, to make the, the jump to my favorite team ever, you know, in college was like yeah. over the top. And, uh, you know, Leomont would, uh, he'd, he'd take us in the locker room after mm-hmm. games, you know, and, and, you know, me and my, my buddy Lee Waters, uh, who does the sports talk show with us uh, some now, he, uh, we would go to all the Clemson games and, um, and, and you know, Lima just—he did such a good job of trying to be a, a role model to sure. us, and try to you know kind of take us under his wing. So that's the first name that yeah. will always pop out to me first. Now I knew a lot of guys, uh, you know, um, since then, and of course after then now, that are uh, they're just a lot of just really good people, yeah. you know. And that's uh, you're only going to be a football player for a short time, but you're going to be a person forever. Sure. You know? And uh, so there's a lot of good, good people out there that have, have put on the garden and gold for the Panthers. And uh, we're, we're blessed to be in a town, you know, the city of Abbeville. We're talking, you know, 5,600 people. Uh, a 2A high school. And you were talking about the brand earlier. There ain't nowhere in the state of South Carolina that you can go that they don't know what that A is. Sure. I mean, they're nowhere. Yeah, whether you love it or hate it. And I was, I was on I-26 heading to Blacksburg, Virginia to go see Clemson and Virginia Tech play a few years ago. And uh, I'm in, in our car, and I've, I've got the block A on the back windshield, you know. These people pull up beside me honking the horn on the interstate. I roll the window down. They said, Abbeville? I was like, go Panthers, you know? And they were like, yeah. And they yeah. took up, had no idea who they were. Right. They didn't have anything on their car. They had a Clemson, they were flying a Clemson flag, I think. Yeah. But they knew. They knew yeah. they. Just like, you go anywhere in the country right now, people see that Paul. Yeah. They know that's Clemson. Right. The Paul says it all. They've been saying that for a while, you know? Branding, the the website, all the stuff you do on Twitter, you know? Uh, all the, the, the way that they handle social media pushing those kids out the websites the posters the you know the schedule posters the uh all that little stuff like that is it's a branding Mm -hmm. effort you know and it's completely different from college you brand in college so that you can recruit players in uh you brand here on the high school level so that these colleges oh they that yeah addyville okay yeah they've they've Mm -hmm. won seven yeah. state championships in the last, you know, X money years, you know, whatever it is. Sure. And it, you brand uh, on the local level so that the bigger brands will pay attention to them. You know, and there's a lot of kids that have come through here maybe before social media and before you could really, the internet, before you could heavily brand that yeah. way, they probably lost out. Yeah. But now that you can brand and market and promote. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna give kids a lot of a lot of chances 
that they've got now that they didn't have 20 years right. ago. You know, that's that's uh, that's part of what I do. Yeah. I, I try to market, brand, promote. Sure. It's just I don't know. I guess it's built in my DNA. <laughs> Definitely. Well. We're, we'll, we'll we'll continue our conversation on players because it's hard to start talking about a few and then yeah. miss out on somebody. Right. And obviously, we know that that's going to be a podcast episode. That's going to be some contentious debating going oh, on. Oh yeah. Um, but we're going to probably have a, a little conversation next time we get together about Abbeville football. Talk about the different teams, the state teams, the teams that didn't win state that probably should have won state because I think we both agree there was a couple teams that yeah. left left them on the table. Uh, and then talk about some of our what some of our fantasy teams might would look like if we had to if we had to create a team on on Madden with Abbeville players. <laughs> yeah. I know I did it for NCAA football a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I went in there and I just created my whole it was Collins State University. <laughs> but we had the gold helmets with a garnet paw yeah. and the garnet all garnet, garnet yes. yellow pants, all that stuff. Um just because I had a lot of time on my hands before kids. But, <laughs> so, uh, but man, Benji, I appreciate you taking this time out. So much more we're going to talk about. But just I wanted to let everybody kind of get a glimpse into your world. Uh, obviously, you have a beautiful family. And um, I'm thankful that I, I can call you a friend and a, and a co-worker. And I know that uh, you know a lot of good things are still to come. But best of luck with everything you guys continue to do here at WZLA. And moving forward, a lot of exciting things that we haven't really even talked about yet. Yeah. A lot of exciting things coming up, hopefully, um, that we can talk some more about. That's right. Thank you for having me on, man. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, uh, thank you for all that you do as well. And uh, hopefully uh, there's some really, really smart people out there that's going to get this uh, thing under control. And we'll be able to get back to uh, business as usual much sooner rather than later. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, again, we hope everybody is staying safe out there and hope everybody stays strong. And and uh, if you listen to this, uh, share it with somebody and uh, good, good listening conversation uh, sitting on the back porch or around on the lawnmower maybe. I don't know. Go. Whatever the case may be. <laughs> BJ, I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We'll, uh, we'll hook up with you later on and uh, look forward to talking to you again on the next podcast. We'll see you.